Thanks for checking out the Power Place audio podcast. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to empower you with His Spirit and His Word so that you can engage your world. Here at the Power Place, we believe the Bible from cover to cover. And our prayer is that as you listen, the absolute truth of God's Word would bring complete freedom to every area of your life. Well, it's good to see you today. Um, So I've been out of the pulpit for a while. And I'm looking at the clock, and uh, I don't care. (laughs) If you need to go, you're always free to go. And just do that. We welcome those of you watching online today. Did you know that by replacing your morning coffee with green tea... You can lose up to 87% of what little joy you still have left in your life. It's possible. A friend asked what parenting toddlers is like, so I hit her keys, headbutted her in the face. Then I told her I love her more than the stars. Any parents of toddlers around? The other day when my wife caught me standing on the bathroom scale, sucking in my stomach, she laughed. She said, that's not going to help. I said, sure it does. It's the only way I can see the numbers. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been here, I know. And um, a coworker asked me, could you be any more annoying? So the next day I wore tap shoes to work. It's possible. And Chrissy's sitting here saying, stop, that's enough. (laughs) I know. But this one's just for me and her. Uh, The couple were 85 years old, been married for 60 years. Though they were far from rich, they managed to get by because they watched their pennies. Though not young, they were both in very good health, largely due to the wife's insistence on healthy foods and exercise for the last decade. One day, their good health didn't help when they went on a rare vacation and their plane crashed, sending them off to heaven. They reached the pearly gates, and St. Peter escorted them inside. He took them to a beautiful mansion, furnished in gold and fine silks, and with with a fully stocked kitchen, a waterfall, and a master bath. A maid could be seen hanging their favorite clothes in the closet. They gasped in astonishment when he said, Welcome to heaven. This will be your home now. Well, the old man asked asked Peter how much all this was going to cost. Why, nothing, Peter replied. Remember, this is your reward in heaven. The old man looked out the window. Right there he saw a championship golf course, finer and more beautiful than any ever built on earth. What are the green fees? He, he said, well, this is heaven, St. Peter replied. You can play for free every day. Next day, went to the clubhouse, saw the lavish buffet lunch, every imaginable cuisine laid out before them from seafood to steaks to exotic desserts, free-flowing beverages, Don't even ask, said St. Peter to the man. This is heaven. It's all free for you to enjoy. The old man looked around, glanced nervously at his wife. He said, well, where are the low-fat and low-cholesterol foods and the decaffeinated tea? That's the best part, St. Peter replied. You can eat and drink as much as you like of whatever you like, and you'll never get fat or sick. This is heaven. The old man said, no gym to work out at? Not unless you want to, was the answer. No, no testing of my blood sugar, my blood pressure. Or never again. All you do here is enjoy yourself. 
The old man glared at his wife and said, you and your brand muffins, we could have been here 10 years ago. Last month, we were in a series, Signs and Wonders, Miracles and Tongues, and uh, Pastor Luke kicked it off, and then Pastor Isaiah, and Pastor Jeremy last week. W- what an amazing team God has given us, as they brought forth the Word of God with boldness and power. What a blessing. This house is blessed with um, many gifted leaders. And our worship team, Pastor, under the leadership of Pastor Landon, uh, what, a, what a gift to this house. And our production team with Ryan. I was thrilled that we were able to watch online while we were gone to Kansas. And they give of themselves every week just cleaning this place and making sure it's, it's ready to host the presence of the Lord and us. And our social media team with Brittany Grandizio. And what, what a gift. All the other teams in this house, the cafe team, the security team, the teachers that take care of the little ones every week. Amen. We're blessed as a house. And I just want to say thank you. And while I was away, I, I was thinking, because I was going to preach on wonders, and I thought, what makes you really wonder? What, what brings wonder to your life? Where, what have you seen? What have you experienced that, that tells you this wasn't a coincidence? Your, your spirit says this wasn't an accident. Something greater, someone greater has been involved in this, and it makes you wonder I'm here to tell you that God is in the wonder business. He's in the wonder working business. And I would just encourage all of us to open our spiritual eyes to see all that God is doing around us, how he's moving. I mean, don't miss the wonders of God. Don't miss the the big things and the little things. There are little things that that are wonders as well. I was... uh, thinking about the 12 spies and when they brought back the extra large grapes from the promised land. And, and my dad came back from the Holy Land many years ago when I was a kid and he brought this, this uh, carving out of olive wood and it's, it's a, the two spies carrying the grapes. And I've always liked this and, and so I stole it this last week. I didn't steal it. I asked my brother-in-law if I could have it, and he said, absolutely. Because it was in his office. It was always in my dad's office. Numbers 13, 23 says, when they came to the Valley of Eshcol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. I don't know about you, but I like going to Costco and getting samples. Anybody in? Samples. They're the best. And these guys brought back samples of the pomegranates and the figs. 
and I don't know how big they were, the Bible doesn't say, but, but this cluster of grapes was a wonder. This cluster of grapes couldn't be carried by one person. It had to be put on a pole and two people carried it. That's a massive cluster of grapes. And they had the word of the Lord that said this land was theirs. Everything in it was theirs. This kind of wonder was theirs. But because of their unbelief and fear, that entire generation missed out on God's blessings and God's promises. Even though his wonders were seen, it was a land that was like no other. And I wonder how, how, how much are we missing out on because our vision is blocked by all the giants that we see. Yeah, God's done something amazing, and yet we, in our unbelief and fear, see the giants. Say, oh, oh it's going to be too hard, too, too much to try to do that. And God wants us to look beyond the giants. The ten spies said the giants are so big they, that we look like grasshoppers in their sight. They, they think we look like grasshoppers, and we think we look like grasshoppers to them. And so there's no way we can do this. And that's the reality. There's no way you can without God's help. You've got to have his wonder working power flowing through you to take the promised land that he's promised you. The Sadducees, the Bible says they, they don't believe in the resurrection from the dead. Those people that didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead came to Jesus and they posed a question. They said, there's a man, he died, didn't have any kids. So his brother married the woman, didn't have any kids. Seven, seven brothers married one woman. None of them produced children. And here's the question. In the resurrection, whose wife will she be? They don't even believe in the resurrection. But they're testing Jesus. And Jesus' response jumped out at me in, in, in my reading this week. Mark chapter 12, verse 24 Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. And I wonder when it comes to believing in the wonder working God, if our mistake is that we don't know the scriptures and we don't know the power of God. To fulfill what he said he would do. And I challenge you to daily encounter him in his word. So that you gain an understanding of his scriptures. And you gain an understanding of his power. To be able to fulfill what he's promised he would do. Amen. Amen. Nudge your neighbor and say read the word. Every day. Read the word every day. Get it in your spirit so you can know the scriptures and you can know the power of God. Amen. Because every one of us need to have a daily encounter with God and his word. That's why the power place is here.
to encounter his presence on a daily basis, to be empowered by his spirit and his word so that we can engage with our world. You need to know God's word, his power to accomplish what he says. And if you don't know that, you'll miss out on the promised land. You'll miss out on what God has given you to take. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm not missing out. I ain't missing out. I'm going all in. Whole hog. Yeah. Amen. So real quickly, um, you may have noticed that we've been corporately praying in our heavenly language more lately. And let me just point out a couple of things so there's no confusion. There is a difference between praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, and the gift of tongues and interpretation. Praying in the spirit doesn't need interpretation. Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Read it with me. But you, beloved... Read it again. But you, beloved. This is a normal, biblical practice for the believer and should be a daily, regular practice. When we pray in the Spirit by ourselves and corporately, there's always a shift in the atmosphere. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Something always shifts in the atmosphere because... We're all praying in the perfect will of God in unity. Things break in the heavenly realm when we pray in the spirit corporately. And we as a whole are being built up and strengthened. It's, it's spiritual bodybuilding is what it is. Uh, Romans eight twenty six says, In the same way the spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying according to the will of God. There's no more powerful praying than that. When you pray in the Spirit... You're praying in the perfect will of God. The Apostle Paul said, I, I speak in tongues more than you all. Some people are, are concerned that we speak in tongues too much. And, and I would say you need to be concerned that you're not speaking in tongues enough. Because as you, as you pray in the spirit, your, your spirit man is being built up, strengthened, exercised. Now, we feed our physical man all day long, all week long. Some of us starve our spirit man on a daily basis. We don't get in the word of God. We don't have an encounter with him. We, we don't pray in the spirit. And, and so we miss out on that, that growth that should be happening in us. Uh, the apostle Peter, he followed the spirit's leading to go to Cornelius's house and share the good news of Jesus with the Gentiles. 
And Acts chapter 10 captures this moment in verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, stop it. Where's the interpretation? Stop speaking in tongues. Is that what he said? Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Peter didn't wait for an interpretation so everyone could know what was being spoken because they were speaking to God. That's what Corinthians tells us. You're, you're praying to God. He simply acknowledged that they had received the same spirit he had received as they prayed together in the spirit. Are you with me today? I'm trying to help you. And then Peter moved them to a, a place of obedience and baptism. Notice what verse 48 says. He ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He ordered them. And I would say to those of you who have not been water baptized yet, you need to do this. I'm ordering you. Like Peter said, this is your next step. You need to do this. It's a step of obedience. And so if you've not been baptized in water since you've said yes to Jesus, you need to sign up. We should have the largest baptism we've ever had on Easter Sunday. Amen. Amen. So I just wanted to, to help you a bit with, with uh, what's, what happens in this, this house. Uh, some people are confused, and, and I don't want confusion in the house. Amen? So our new series is Spring Cleaning. And I'm kicking that off today, and we'll be as brief as I possibly can. Getting rid of the clutter to make room for what's most important. Spring cleaning. How many of you do this every year? Just part of, part of who you are. Yeah. Christy and I are involved in that as well. You know, over the years, you collect stuff. Dealing with my parents' estate, their house, and their stuff has been an eye-opening time. I'll just say it's, it's taken us a long time to deal with their stuff. Because I don't think my mom spring cleaned. I think she's spring loaded. <laughs> I, I don't know. But some of us are holding on to stuff that is detrimental to our growth. It, it's detrimental to our future. You won't be able to expand into some areas in your life until you deal with some of the stuff and the clutter that's gotten in your spirit. You need to make sure that everything is dealt with so that you're ready for what's to come. 
Tell your neighbor, get ready. It's coming. So on March 16th, 7.45 p.m., my mother passed away from this life, stepped into the life to come, which is eternal life. What a glorious reunion she had with her Savior and, and um, all of my family that's gone before. My sisters called and said, you need to come now. Mom's not going to make it to the weekend. And so we hopped in the car, we ran, and we did what needed to be done here, and then, then we uh, drove to Kansas, and mom said, I'm not leaving. I like you guys, I'm sticking around. She didn't say anything, because um, she couldn't speak. But we watched her, her life ebb away, and then we held a celebration of life and uh, just honored her for all that she is and was and how she poured into us. My mom was a teacher. Uh, she taught us the word of God. I'll never forget, I was a teenager, and I went next door to my neighbor's house, and they, they asked me for it. They were working on a car, and he, he said, get me a, I don't even remember what the tool was. He said, get me a blank, right? Crescent wrench, I'll, I'll just say crescent wrench. And I said, what's that look like? And he laughed at me. And he said, you don't know what, what a crescent wrench looks like? I said, I have no idea. Never used one. And I began to realize at that age in my life that I had missed out on a certain uh, level of living around tools. I never used tools. And that's why, you know, people laugh at me at today when they say, use this. And I'm like, I'll do my best. <laughs> and and it, kind of, it kind of bothered me at that time. And, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you have tools that no one else has. Because my mom gave me a love for the word of God. At a very young age, in fact, in my baby book, I have my baby book now. I didn't know I had a baby book. But I found my baby book in all of her stuff. And from 18 months on, I began to memorize the Word of God. 18 months. Memorize Psalm 23. My microphone is there again. There it is. Thank you. She wrote in three or four scriptures that, that I had memorized from the age of 18 months on. She was my Bible quiz coach, and I, I learned, as she taught us, I learned several books of the Bible, memorized. And David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Those are tools that, that some people don't have. And I began to be grateful for the tools that my mom had placed in me and, and how she had taught me and, and lived and and prayed for me. Uh, I shared this at the funeral, and I've shared it here before, but uh, my mom prayed me off the basketball team. I made the, the basketball team in high school, and she saw me going in the wrong direction spiritually, and so she fasted and prayed that I would be cut from the team. The next year, I got cut from the team, and I, I came home devastated. And she wrapped me up. She, it's okay. You're going to be fine. It's, 
you know, I love you, you know, whatever. And when I was a, a youth pastor in Iowa, I was in my 20s, my late 20s. She told my youth group what she had done. I'd never heard that before. She pondered those things in her heart and never told. She was a woman, a powerful woman of prayer. She was small, but she was mighty. Many of you met her uh, for the time that we had her here last year. She was mighty in spirit. And so death, death kind of has this, this ability to bring clarity to life. So I, I want to just speak for a couple of minutes. Um, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 2 says, better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies. So the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for sadness has a refining influence on us. A wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a fool. You need to ponder the end of your life because it's coming and it may come sooner than you think it will. My brother was 66 years old when he died. He wasn't planning on dying yet. He had no plans to die. In fact, he's left us a mess with a lot of the stuff that he, he never took care of because he wasn't planning on dying, Okay. I'm just here to tell you, you have an appointment with death. Every one of us. Scripture tells us that. It is appointed and a man wants to die and after that, the judgment. That's what you need to be planning on. The judgment. Where you will stand before God. I, I think a lot of us spend our time thinking about having a good time rather than concentrating on what's most important. And you need to live now for eternity. Prepare now for your eternal reward. And get rid of the baggage that you're carrying. Bring it to Jesus and let him set you free. Amen? I, I also had a birthday this last week, turned 64. And I've been thinking about a lot of, of life lately. And in, in my daily encounters with the Word of God, I, I came across Psalm 71 again this week. The psalmist puts words to my thoughts. Psalm 71, 5. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. And I thank my parents that, that they led me to the Lord at a very young age. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb, you have cared for me. No wonder I'm always praising you. And... And when we have moments of, of awesome worship and, and the ability to praise him, we just need to, to drive in hard. And, and the psalmist says, no wonder I'm always praising you. My life is an example to many because you've been my strength and protection. That's why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long. Hallelujah. And now, verse 9, in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. Verse 17, oh God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood. 
and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. And now that I'm old and gray, do not abandon me, O oh God. Let me proclaim your power to this next generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Hallelujah. He's a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. And we get the privilege and the opportunity and the responsibility to give him praise and to share that, what he's done with those around us. Amen. Maybe you're old and gray like me. God's not going to abandon you. He's going to use you up to your dying day. We had hospice nurses recognize the Spirit of God in my mother. She was a testimony to the day she died. And may that be true of you as well. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. With this I close. Spring cleaning. Clean it out. Clean it out. Forgive freely so you can be forgiven. Forgive freely so you can be forgiven. Forgive freely so you can be forgiven. Unforgiveness hurts no one but yourself. You poison yourself when you don't forgive. And you lock yourself up, unable to receive the forgiveness of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. The writer of Hebrews says, work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Work at living at peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. That's a strong statement. How do I become holy? Through Jesus. You can't become holy on your own. You need to, you need to accept his, his cleansing work that he did on the cross. And allow Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And then, God the Father doesn't look at you. He looks at Jesus. He's the payment for your sin. And maybe you haven't received him yet. Today you're going to get an opportunity to do that. And God's going to give you a cleansing wash. And set you on a brand new path. Those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Then verse 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. 
You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Don't fail to receive the grace of God so you can live a holy life or else you won't see the Lord. Tell your neighbor, you want to see the Lord. You want to see the Lord. I mean, this is life and death stuff. This is eternal. And then he says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. You need to get involved in church. Build relationships so you can look after one another. You need this house, this house needs you. I, I shudder to think what, what Kevin, you and your family would have done without a family, a church family. Come alongside. Get involved. Look after each other. Hebrews also says, spur one another on to love and good deeds. Encourage one, spur, get your spurs on. Hello, yeah. What's the spur do? It, it just, it, it causes some excitement. You spur someone to get them going, get them going in the right direction, get them moving. Iron sharpens iron. And iron can't sharpen iron from a distance. It's close contact. That close contact makes all the difference in the world. It's what brings the change. So encourage one another while it's still day. And if you don't forgive and don't receive forgiveness, if you fail to receive God's grace, Hebrews tells us a root of bitterness will poison you. It'll trouble you and it will corrupt many. It, it will spread like wildfire around you, usually to those closest to you. And everyone gets affected by your root of bitterness that you've allowed to settle in. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that, that has a root of bitterness, but it's, it's no fun. The, the conversations aren't fun. The, the, the relationships aren't fun because they're harboring something that they've been hurt by and they haven't allowed the grace of God to come and remove that and heal that. And so there's a, a poisonous root. It's poisonous. And, and that root of bitterness doesn't just affect you, it defiles many. It, it corrupts all your relationships. And, and you'll find yourself wondering why nobody wants to be around you. Why everybody's having to deal with you. You'll even find yourself angry with God and everyone else. And you can't really contain the spread. It, it's, it's one of those things that just seeps into every relationship. So what the writer of Hebrews says is, get it out. 
uprooted. Dig down deep enough to get it out so you can receive God's grace and then extend God's grace to other people. And don't wait until it's too late for repentance. Esau, man, wow. For a single meal, gave up his entire inheritance. For a moment. For one little thing. He was hungry. I'm hungry, I'm hungry. In fact, I'm getting hangry. And so he gave in to that emotion. Gave in to that feeling. And lost everything. And then he wanted to get it back. And so he came with tears and repentance. Oh, please, please, please. But, but scripture tells us that it was traded. And afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance. Even though he begged with bitter tears. Don't wait until it's too late for repentance. That's why scripture says, now's the time, today's the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Now's the time to make things right with God. Today's the day. You don't have tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow looks like. But you got this moment right here. So take care of things right now with God. Stand with me, please. Thanks for checking out the PowerPlace audio podcast. If you want more resources for your walk with the Lord, you can visit us online at www.thepowerplace.org. You can check us out on YouTube and Facebook at The PowerPlace Church if you want to watch the service online. And if you want to give, you can text any amount to 84321 or visit the church website.